Hi, you're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Boggy Talk is recorded on Boggy Bayou in Niceville, Florida, and is hosted by Justin Wyatt and James Ross, pastors at Church on Bayshore. We typically want every matter of faith and life to have crystal clear answers, but it isn't always that easy. This podcast digs in to help Christians think with a kingdom mentality about topics that sometimes get muddy and bog us down. So let's dive in. Hey, and welcome to Boggy Talk. We are so thankful you have joined us for this exciting episode of our new series, Inside the Church, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. And it's so exciting because not only is James Ross here, but we have a very special guest joining us. He's so special. The very right reverend, Michael <laughs> Van Sant. Hey, how's it going? Glad I could be here this morning. We're so glad you're here. Michael is the associate pastor for, Disciple. I'm going to get this wrong, right? Discipleship and Families. I feel like it's changed of, about seven. Not four, of. Four, of, of, yes, of. Discipleship and Families yes. here at Church on Bayshore. Uh, and because uh, this title's changed like 43 times. Every, couple, of, every couple of years, yeah. <laughs> so you're just a, a fast burner, man. You're a fast... Wait, no, that learner? means you don't do well. Best that means learner. you say learner. No, you're, you're, you're so good. You're a things. straight shooter with management material written all over you. <laughs> that's okay. And right. that, that's why you've just climbed the ladder. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you doing just all right, Michael? That ladder. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. So this doing is Michael's good. first time ever on Boggy Talk because first he time. hates stuff like this. <laughs> he hates it. There's so many people in that camera lens right there, there. There are. I mean, it's recording and it will live forever on the internet. Michael, I have a question though. Will your mom watch or listen to this? Um, if I tell her, yes, she will. Okay, because our moms do not. So my mom does, actually, my mom does some. She'll be like, "I listened to this one, and you should." Th-. I was like, "Oh, did I say anything about my parents in that?" I know, right? Right. My mom does listen every once in a while because she sends me like salty, like blah blah blah, and I'm that's like, not oh, what really happened. In she your was childhood. listening to Boggy Talk. Oh no! <laughs> hey, sarcasm's good. That's all what our family, yeah. my family's about. So I'm sure there'll be some correction of things I said or didn't say. Yeah, well, we are glad you're with us on what Justin calls this new series because he basically, if we have five weeks of a series, he calls it new until the second to last until week. Until the second to last. It's new. It's new. Yeah. It's the second week, so it's still new. people haven't... It's that creative I mean, we're department. Doing, we're so got to market a, it, right? We're doing a 10-week series on Sunday mornings, new year, new year. <laughs> so, like, wraps up new in March. New year, same truth, not new, right. new you. No, it, it, wraps, <laughs> it wraps up in June. It is it same truth. Sorry. New year, same truth. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, yeah, so we are talking... That's your title. That's the Greg that's, Lo- that's the Greg Locke uh, series you've been listening <laughs> oh, to on YouTube. Woo, those witches, you got to get those witches out of the don't church. Don't Google that unless you want to just be like, is this oh, real? That was a shout out to Dustin, my friend Dustin, anyway. So. <laughs> is this stuff for real? Yeah. What are we talking about today, Dustin? So, Not- we are... Okay. Uh, uh, titling, uh, we've titled the subtitle this The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, not named after one of the three of us, The Good, the Bad, the Ugly. <laughs> if anyone uh, wants to comment, I'd be curious. All right, so, yeah. but we oh, are talking about Lord what Jesus. it means, the tensions. I know that, I'm not the good, so of the three of us. <laughs> that's so. right. See, I'm the one who has to it. keep us on track here all the time. Yes, I'm you like are. the one that's probably the most all over the place, which is. That has been one of the most surprising <laughs> things about Boggy Talk is people are like, Justin's so serious. And you're so. I'm like, that's so funny because Justin is not serious. <laughs> but I it's because I just. Literally say whatever I think of on Boggy Talk. Right. I feel like I'm this is the right why, thing to do. How is this going to make people Justin feel? Justin gave me 
<laughs> Justin gave me some questions, but I know you're going to pitch me a few. Ooh, and challenge accepted. So challenge we are accepted. talking about the right. tensions we have to manage in, church, in making disciples. The, the Gators are not really a tension to manage because they're kind of a non-factor <laughs> yeah, in football. But basketball, true. hey, they upset Auburn. Good job. That's true. Then they um, lost Arkansas. But it's all good. Lost, but, yeah. So we're talking about the tensions to manage in making disciples, and we're framing this around our discipleship essentials. Last week we talked about worship, and this week we are talking about our the second of our essentials is grow and really what it means to grow in a relationship with uh, Jesus and what it means to grow in relationships with other believers because that is a you know that that is the context of scripture are you saying vertical and horizontal vertical relationships and, wow it's like you listened to yes worship the boggy talk last week yes and, uh, we talked about horizontal yeah we have this <laughs> vertical relationship we have this horizontal relationship I did that the right way and you came up with that my hands yes that is original <laughs> I copyrighted that okay um so, so, yes, we are talking about discipleship today. And Michael, since you are the discipleship associate pastor <laughs> of for whatever the stuff um, we want you to share, because this is a new uh, a new role for you on the staff team. But it's not a new <laughs> again. Thing to it's your new life. until your second to last year of being right. in the this role. This is a new okay. role. Uh, all right. This is a newish role, but it's not new to your life because you are a disciple Ooh, maker. That was right. Deep. That was good. That was so that was touching. Why don't you let's just let's get on the same page. What is you had to decide not to decide, but if you had to articulate, which you do have to articulate now. <laughs> so get ready. I'm ready. What is the call to discipleship? Yeah, the call to discipleship. I mean, God has called each one of us as we follow him to trust him and to grow in our relationship with him, that we would daily surrender our lives to him and to be on mission. We say it every Sunday that we want our people to live sent, uh, to join God and what he's done in our lives, that he invites everyone to be a part of that because Jesus died and gave his life that we would be reconciled and brought back into relationship with him. And so what a joy it is to serve him uh, to grow in him. And we do that, uh, as you already said, like we do that in community. And that's why our life groups are so important that we're not called to do life alone. So we need one another to hold us accountable, to encourage us that we'd spur one another on so we can grow in our obedience to Jesus and trust him and then bring other people alongside of him to know who Jesus is and to follow him and to trust him with their lives as well. Did you memorize that? I did not have no. no notes. That was good. Michael's that was good. So good. That was good, well, man. Was, I'm nervous. I'm very much a note person. And I, yeah, I just, just I thought, thought I was going to be. You're prepared. Yeah, you are prepared. Yeah. I he hope came. So. He came. He came with guns blazing. All right, guns blazing. So what you said is great, and uh, because everyone in the church is just so selfless <laughs> and <laughs> not selfish, uh, and loves accountability and loves to just naturally serve and just love. This is so easy, right? Um, no, it's not. <laughs> so, but it's not easy for for myself. It's right, not easy for yeah. us. And so, it's, it's. I mean, God calls us to a lifelong process of following Him and trusting Him. It, we grow every. Hopefully, we're growing every every day, and we're being stretched and challenged. But you're right. It it's not a natural thing. It's not a natural desire within us to to have accountability for people to see things in us that may not be honoring to the mm -hmm. Lord, but we, we need that. But we also, as the scriptures very clearly say, we need to be doing that in other people's lives, but we do so out of love and concern for their own walk. But we also examine our own lives first before we do that. That's and so good. it's, it's a both and um, we need other people, but they also need us, but we do it out of compassion and grace that we would walk together and grow together. So, so let me frame this in this way. Um, 
<laughs> Don't be scared. <laughs> so let, let's think about it from a linear perspective. So point A is person who says, I want to be more like Jesus. And and maybe they, but depending on their background, depending on their education, depending on what you know they've been taught, that might mean all kinds of things. Point B is them actually like kind of being in a place where they are definitely becoming more like Jesus. And I've experienced, and you know, you, you're much older than me. So two um, days, y'all two days, <laughs> uh, even though I'm younger than you guys, I've experienced, uh, much. Hey, but uh, you know, I realized today we're all like exennials like the, and that's just amazing because it's proven by research that exennials are like the best. Leaders, oh, right? yes, yes, so, yes. You know, yeah, there you yes. go. So, so back go. to my point, Justin, why are, <laughs> you distra- why, why are you distracting me from what I'm trying to say? Sorry. <laughs> um, Linear. A, a lot of people like don't m- make that progress, you know? And so why do you think like, what are some reasons, you know, that people, you know, say on February 27th, you know, they, they thought, Hey, I want to be more like Jesus. And then by August, they're, not making that progress. Why, why is that? Whew, that's a loaded question. Yeah. Uh, the first thought that came to mind is, um, I think sometimes it's just a poor understanding of the gospel, um, whether from the person who received the gospel or even from the person sharing the gospel, that there is a definite moment where we accept Christ and we give our lives to him. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, as I already said, like discipleship is an ongoing process, it's an ongoing relationship where Jesus saves us, but then you see very clearly in Scripture, sanctification. We're called to continue to grow that we would work out our faith, Mm -hmm. um, that we would see God working. It's not because of our own efforts, but it's because of His grace in us. And so um, I think that's why community also is so important, because if we just accept Christ and then do life on our own apart from His church, His people, Mm -hmm. uh, we're not not going to grow. So you're saying that some people— they they believe the gospel, but then again, maybe their understanding or lack of teaching, they don't understand what what's supposed to happen and what the gospel, how they should respond to the gospel moving forward. Is that what you're yes. saying? Okay, so they kind of think it's like magic beans, and they plant the gospel <laughs> yeah. in their life, and then it just grows instead of watering all those kind of things. So, um, what are some other reasons? So, because I've experienced maybe, um, you know, they're not getting the help they need. Um, maybe based on this church and based on other experiences uh, wh- or, and things you've learned, what are what are some ways you've seen the church fail at, at taking new believers and discipling them? Um, I would say that people get stuck because sometimes we as the church, we see someone accept Christ, but then we, we either don't know what to do to walk alongside of them. Um, maybe we've never seen that modeled in our own lives. I think that sometimes in the church can be a huge barrier for us because we haven't had someone walk alongside of us. That's Maybe good. That's good. we had a great, a great church family and we were in these programs or, you know, culture 20, 30 years ago, like my family was always in the church every Sunday morning, every mm-hmm. Sunday evening, every Wednesday night, every time there was an event, we, we were there and discipleship really did happen uh, through programming. Um, but we don't see that necessarily happening in today's culture and today's younger families. And so um, for a family to come and be so involved like that doesn't happen. However, discipleship, we say it all the time, discipleship doesn't happen through our programs. Mm-hmm. It, it's our people. And that's mm-hmm. why our church has been so healthy throughout the years and throughout the decades, because what makes uh, discipleship happen are the people investing. Mm-hmm. And so uh, if you haven't had someone disciple you or you haven't seen that relationship, like we have a lot of great, strong, godly leaders uh, who have seen that, who are investing into other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in the past couple of weeks, I've had some great conversations with 
church members who are burdened for their neighbors or their friends who don't know the Lord or who they've seen uh, them come to know Jesus. We've had great, like some amazing testimonies of baptisms in the past uh, several months. And so we have an opportunity to walk alongside of them uh, because this is just the first step of many steps of obedience that they're going to take. That's good. Yeah, Mm. I think it it takes time. And that's, you know, it, it does. You know, it takes time. And I think, you know, one of the things that people assume sometimes too is that like, you know, we, we read in the Bible of, you know, some very dramatic conversion stories, you know, and then, but we don't really have the full picture of everything that was going on in their lives too. Like, uh, you know, we're, re- we're in our Bible reading plan through Acts and you see the conversion of Saul. And it's like, it, the way it reads, it's like Saul's just like, he's he's persecuting and now he's sharing the gospel with everyone. But I, I we don't know because the text doesn't tell us, but that doesn't mean that he like didn't struggle. And, you know, he actually yeah. says, you know, he has a sword in the flesh. And I think we we just assume sometimes people are like, well, they got Jesus. Now they're good. Yeah. The Holy Spirit's in them. They're good. And yes, but his design is that we are meant to walk with each yeah. other and that the fruit isn't instant and then it has yeah. to grow. And I think sometimes it's like we as a church, maybe collectively this church, other church, all churches, like it's easier to focus on than behaviors that need to change rather than like those behaviors mm-hmm. changing because heart change mm-hmm. and heart change happens when the Holy Spirit's working in us, we're saturated in the word and it's leading to change. And, and that just takes time and it takes patience and it takes, you know, like hard conversations, but also like being filled with the spirit to have wisdom of like, this is the right time to press mm-hmm. this. And this is not the time to press this. And yeah, I don't know. And it yeah. just takes walking instead with the spirit. Yeah. I mean, Paul, he went back and spent time with the disciples. Right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then we think we need to think about our Good own point. life, our own lives, even currently. Um, but even initially when we first trusted the Lord and just his grace and his patience mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. us and um, just other people that have invested mm-hmm. into our own lives and continue to do that. And just that, that need. Um, it's just so, so important. And that's why the gospel, why Jesus tells us, like the Lord tells us, we need to be preaching the gospel to ourselves daily. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we're doing that, and as you see throughout Acts, I'm so thankful that we're in this book right now. Like just the believer's dependence on the Holy Spirit for guidance, for wisdom, for discernment as they're engaging with other mm-hmm. people in conversations mm-hmm. and to rely on his boldness to mm-hmm. work. And I've just been so convicted and so challenged in my own life of how uh, you know, sometimes the Baptist church, we don't talk a lot about the Holy Spirit because <clears throat> we don't want to be misperceived. Um, but the Holy Spirit is a gift given to us mm-hmm. that enables us to to walk in obedience to the Lord and that he does a work in us. And as he does that, he's able to work through us as we surrender to him. Yeah, there was, I mean, there was really a flaw in the question I asked you even because, you know, describing this linear process of discipleship and the reality is it's not a linear process, you know, um, and it looks so it, it, there's common threads in the life mm-hmm. of every disciple, but how that comes about, how that sanctification comes about is going to be different for every person. And, you know, man has debated what that has to do with free will of man and sovereignty of God for thousands of years and, um, you know, still hasn't figured it out. So anybody who says they figured it out anyway, never mind. Know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for another boggy talk. Cause I guess real boggy, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think that the important thing in discipleship, like you've said is relationships. And then, you know, the, the reason we do the essentials, the discipleship essentials is just to here, here's some markers like that should start our conversation about why you are, or are not progressing in these ways. Right. Like 
it, it, it's just really to, to, to assist the relationship. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I feel like the ultimate question is, ultimately, I feel like the ultimate question is like, is this person continuing to hear, continuing to hear and obey God? And if they are, then they are a disciple. And that's very simple. But yeah. we don't like simple. We don't like simple. <laughs> no. Yeah, and we like to make it more complicated and convoluted so that we can avoid the simple reality that we're not listening right. and obeying God. Yeah, yeah exactly. With well, the system we set up to, yeah, and yeah. metrics and yeah, all those things. And listening and obeying God, like it comes down to spending time in His Word daily, yeah, and that's right. really one of the many reasons that we are as a church doing a Bible reading plan. We, it's important for us to gather together. It's important for us to discuss God's Word and to apply God's Word. But if we're not doing that individually daily. <laughs> then we're missing out on the life that God's called us and to, to hear from him and to yeah. obey him. So um, it's not just a couple hours a week where we yeah. gather together, but it's every day and building that community. Yeah. So uh, a few years ago, we as a church made a transition in our discipleship structure from a, a, what we would call in Baptist life, uh, the, the traditional Sunday school model yeah. to life groups. So what does um, that mean? Well, yeah, what does that mean? But is it why aren't we doing why what Paul it, did? Why aren't we doing what Jesus did? <laughs> Michael, why is it? Why did you change it? <laughs> I was gonna say I, that change happened before this. <laughs> yeah, so but but, but I love but real it. question, real <laughs> question this why work? is it more than just a name change? Yeah, I mean, it is more than just a name change. I think just the connotation of Sunday school, not that Sunday school was bad or not that Sunday school has not worked in the past. I mean, obviously, that's how we functioned through and did discipleship was through Sunday school and it was effective. But as we look ahead, as we look ahead to the culture and as we look ahead to reaching the lost in our community, um, it just necessitated not just a name change, but really a purpose and direction of why, what we did as we gathered together, but then also a reality that as we gather together, we can accomplish everything in discipleship in one hour of time. And that God calls us to do life together throughout the week. And so uh, we want to encourage our people to be intentional outside of their time. And many of our leaders are already doing that. We're already doing that. But just to be very clear with our leaders and with our people, the expectation of what God's called us to do as we live on mission, as we live in community together. And so the acronym LIFE is that we would um, learn and live out God's word, that we would be I, intentional, and have intentional relationships and accountability. F, that we would have fellowship, that we would know each other, that we would care for one another. And then E, that we would be evangelistic and that we would serve, that we would use what God's given us to meet the needs of others around us, not just physical needs, but also spiritual needs and engage in gospel conversations. Mm, mm, mm. That's good. It's good stuff. Oh, I mean, yeah. you spelled out life. That was life. just like no notes. You're so good. Okay. You're impressive, You're Michael. You're so smart, Michael. You are, Michael. Okay. <laughs> Is, it getting, so red, Michael. Is it getting yeah, weird? Is it getting weird? Yeah, getting red. Yeah, it's getting, it getting weird. weird. Yeah, I'm like in the middle of, yeah. How do you do what you do? <laughs> <laughs> We're just trying to make Michael Y'all as comfortable as possible as we possibly could. Well, <laughs> so so you know, I guess. Uh, discipleship is all about relationships. All the things we're doing is to point people to relationships. But what are the things that cause churches to drift away from? the things you're talking about. Because let's be clear, calling groups life yeah, yeah, right, right. doesn't mean they're yeah. automatically fulfilling the purpose of mm-hmm. biblical community. Right. So, yeah. Other than that, Wait, would make it a name change. Wait, what? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, James. Yeah. <laughs> I think busyness is one that we all uh, have busy schedules, whether it's with work or extracurriculars or kids and families. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know that uh, with having 
five kids in our home, life is busy and there's a lot, a lot going on. And even just with extracurriculars and, and different things like that. Um, but God's called us to prioritize his mm-hmm. mission. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that requires us to sacrifice things. Mm-hmm. I know that as our family has grown, that we've not been able to do some of the things we've always done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it look, and some things just look different. Uh, but also, I think just um, the community and the culture of uh, inviting people into our lives, whether that's believers or non-believers, and just trying to find natural rhythms in our lives where we can invite people to in, to join us for a meal mm-hmm. or invite people to come play as we're mm-hmm. going with the kids to the park or mm-hmm. to the beach or just to fi- invite people in and thinking about people who have done that in my own life. Mm-hmm. Um, as an early married guy, you know, like I'm so thankful for two men in particular who would invite us over to their home and would, you know, not just, hey, let's study the Bible together. Yes, that was a lot, a large part of it. But, hey, I want you to see me as a husband. I want you to see me as a father. I want that's you. Good and stuff. that's, yeah. you know, there's a phrase like so much more is learned, um, is taught, is caught. Blast. Caught than taught. Caught, caught than, than taught. taught. Yep. Yes, caught thank you. Yep. You've been making us look brain. bad, so we're glad you just stumbled over I your words. I mess up Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I think, you know, t- I think what, what you're pointing out is in the busyness, the reality is, you know, people don't see their need. You know, they don't hunger and thirst for righteousness. Righteousness is our position with God, but it's also our direction, you know, that we we are headed in. And, you know, if we're busy, like sometimes it can be hard to eat, right? Like to sit down and eat a meal, but you begin to hunger because you need it. And I think we don't have that need, that spiritual need, especially, you know, in a culture where we are so busy in different seasons of life with activities and and things. And then also, you know, your purpose, like what is your purpose here? And the reason people aren't inviting people along is because they're not seeing their purpose. Like it'd be like if your job were to make hamburgers, right? And you were doing all kinds of stuff and not making hamburgers, right? And then people needed hamburgers and they're hungry, you know, and what, I mean, that's a silly illustration, but it's like, dude, you're not doing your job. And, and God has entrusted with us like saving people, you know, I mean, he saves people, but he uses us. And when we're not inviting people along and making disciples, we're just saying, hey, I'm going to do all this stuff and not my job. So we don't see our need and we don't see our purpose. And I, we complicate it, but it's really that simple. You know, I, you're saying a lot of way more eloquent stuff than I am, but you're, you're essentially saying, Hey, if people realize their need for Christ daily, right? Yeah. yeah not just one time, you know, mm-hmm. and then if people were doing what he's called us to do, it'd be happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As you're sharing, I even thought just comfort, comfort is a huge barrier of just, we, we are able to, in a sense, provide on our own and we were able to meet our own needs. I mean, everything that we have and every need that's met is through Christ, obviously, but sometimes when we're living a life that's comfortable and easy, uh, sometimes we we forget the reality of what God's called us to do. Mm. And we, we mm-hmm. forget mm. um, that we need to rely on him every day. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes not even just business, but the comfort that we have of mm-hmm. not. I mean, we have brothers and sisters around the world who are mm. being persecuted or losing their life for the cause of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and we, the, the battle, and we the, won't have coffee with someone. Yeah, and, and the, like, bo- the body's yeah. like the the battle's real. Yeah, there's a war, right. a spiritual war raging, um, and the enemy does not want us living out in obedience to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Does not want us living sent. 
um, does not want unbelievers to know Jesus. And mm-hmm. so there's a, even though we may not physically see it here in American culture, um, you look to uh, other countries and it's, mm-hmm. it's very real. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still, even though we can't see it, the battle is real. We've got to be prepared every day mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. fight the enemy um, as he attacks us and our families, um, but also um, for the souls and hearts of the mm-hmm. lost who don't know him. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and something you've alluded to, you you talked about your example and you talked about the importance of it in the beginning. And then I know it's something you're really trying to focus on is is giving people models of discipleship. And, you know, as, as a, you know, I, I, I love my mom and dad, you know, who are the dad who raised me, but, you know, they did not raise me intentionally, you know, to, to know the Lord and to walk in his ways um, because that's just a, not the place they were at then. And so to do that with my children, I've had to go and learn from other examples. And I would say, you know, if you really want to do this, like, and you don't know how to do it, you do have to go and you have to, you have to intentionally seek out and learn so that you can do it. And so I think that's what we're trying to do here. But I think for people who are like, yeah, that's great, but I don't know what to do. Like, okay, then go learn. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ask someone like, join what they're doing. And, And even for, you kind of alluded to family worship. Like we've talked about this several times. Sometimes people think of this perfect, like sitting together and oh, it's man. almost like a mini church service. Uh, we not we have the, the Wyatt family are singing, Lord, I lift your name on high. <laughs> the uh, and then someone's farting in the middle <laughs> of it. And they're like, I don't know. And somebody's throwing a pillow at another person. And, yeah. and I'm like, we're trying to worship. How does Christy feel about you saying all these things about her? She's like, it's real life. It's (laughs) 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 We'll see see if this part's cut or not. (laughs) She'll laugh at that. But yeah, we have, uh, we got the kids version of the reading plan. So it sits on our dining room table. And so we try to do the nights that we have family meals together, or even if it's like lunch on the weekends, um, it's there. So it's a very tangible reminder for us, but it's, it's not perfect. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, there's kids not paying attention or kids talking over each other, but um, spending time in the word and having them read it. And then the the book, the foundations book for kids is so good and, and giving parents some key concepts mm, to focus mm. on, some key questions to discuss. You don't have to do all of it in one sitting. You don't have to do all of it at all, but just to be able to engage your kids and, mm-hmm. hey, here are the biblical principles of what the Lord is trying to teach us as his people. And here's what we need to do. Here's how we can apply it. Here's how we can obey it. Mm. Um, here's a, a thing for us to think about today That's as a good. family. And That's so good. it's, it's not perfect. It's not, you know, all put together, but it's being intentional in those moments where we have opportunity to talk about God's word mm-hmm. and to put it into practice all, all together. That's good. You said something earlier about how as your family has grown and you and Dana are foster parents. And so you have new kids in your home and that it has meant you can't do some of the things that you used to do, yeah. uh, but, you're not, but you're doing new things. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is a great illustration yeah. of a disciple-making church. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I, we've, we've talked about that <clears throat> a little bit, but uh, it means that, you know, it doesn't mean that you're not a family anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it just means you're a different family and you're making space. And, you know, and specifically, you know, some of the kids that you guys have had in your on your in your home through foster care have had specific needs, which has been uh, just not just that it's a new routine, but it's been a disruption for right. you guys as yeah. you as you and Dana and you've done a great job at this. You know, uh, have adjusted and you guys are doing the work to to get the kids the care that they need and provide that. So, how would you parallel that to the church? 
and making disciples and, you know, especially in an established church where we have many people who've been here a long time who have, and we've, we've talked on other pop uh, boggy talks about tradition and how traditions aren't bad, uh, you know, like, but they're not ultimate. So how do you, and, and that, that really presents this tension yeah. that we constantly live in mm-hmm. uh, as, as, as leaders of a church, but also as disciple makers. Um, how's that going? Yeah. Uh, just I'm in the sinking chair now. So oh, I thought I, I was in the no, sinking chair. I'm so I'm, sinking, so. Okay. I'm on a solid foundation. <laughs> solid foundation. <laughs> Good job. sand over here. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been such a, a picture for Dana and I of, of the gospel and of how we are to, to welcome people into our family, and not just our, our biological family, but into our, our church family. And it does come with a lot of challenges. It comes with a lot of change. It comes a lot, a lot of uh, difficulty, but man, the reward, it's, it's so worth it. I'm so thankful for uh, our life group leaders and their willingness to, to welcome people in and, We've already had multiple groups uh, multiply in the past 12 months, and it has come with a lot of questions. It's come with a lot of uncertainty, um, you know. And some our, things we can honestly like, oh, we learned that this time and we'll do it differently yeah, next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then just a handful of things of, hey, it's going to look different every time we do it. Um, but I think mm-hmm. our group leaders just continue to be faithful and to continue to communicate that to our life groups of, of why we do what we do and why we need to be prepared and ready when the Lord asks us to multiply. It's just so important. It, it doesn't take away all, you know, the roadblocks or all the, the tension. Um, but it really does something in the heart of our people to be ready for that. Uh, I mean, even with our girls, like they're even now, as we continue to have different kids in our home, each, each time there's been conversations of, of, Hey, you know, this is what our family looked like as we adjusted to welcome these kids in. And, you know, it, it's going to look, there may be some similarities, but there are going to be some, some differences as well. And so every time, whether the group is growing or whether the group is multiplying, um, but we do it because God is bringing people to himself and wanting them to be part of community and a place to belong so that they can grow because we can't grow without other people. And so, I think that's just one of the intentionalities, too, of the life group name and then also the things we're doing as we define roles of life group leaders, as we look at, you know, what does time outside of life group look like so we can continue intentional relationships throughout the week. Um, but, yeah, the multiplication, um, it's so worth it. It's not easy, and I, I don't think there's a, a church out there that has a perfect multiplication plan because right. it looks different exactly. in every context. It looks different and for every group. And I don't know group. any church that's just like, We've got just leaders, so many leaders just waiting, yeah. you know, because leaders are usually gatherers too. So those mm-hmm. leaders always have yeah. people around them who are there already doing this with. Yeah. I don't know of any church that has a system that just has produced leaders waiting, so many leaders waiting that they just don't have people to lead. Mm-hmm. But I just, I believe that, I mean, we sense it, that there's just an excitement of what God's doing in our church. And we've seen him bringing people, mm-hmm. uh, some believers as they come to the area, but some new new believers or that they just have recently accepted Christ. And so I think they're seeing the Lord work. There's, okay, Lord, you're working. And so what is it you've called me to do? What is it? How have you called me to get out of my comfort zone, out of the familiar and just trust you? And so my relationships may look different, um, but it's allowing people to walk alongside of me to see your grace and your goodness. It's good. And that we would learn from one another and that you would just use up, further use us as you bring people to continue to make room. So it's just an ongoing process. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I wish I could say that, you know, in six months or a year, we'd have this perfect process. So everything would go smoothly. Um, You're not. We're all, I'm not. Then Michael, we're all, that's why we hired you, Michael. I know. <laughs> but we're all, we're all, pe- we're all people, right? We're all. Yeah. It's, it's people going to people. But, people and also I think what's ironic about what you just said is that you, I think of all, you are very much a process per, in, a, in a great way. Yes, like you I are Mr. Like, that's not the plan. <laughs> the math and the linear. <laughs> so, I'm you to be in this role where <laughs> you just said there's not a one size fits all method. It's growing you. I mean, because it's. I mean, just like if I were in a system where I had to have an exact process, I'd be like, I can't. <laughs> you just yeah. got the opposite, you know. Um, and but you're do, you're doing such a good job with it. Yeah. And you know, I think that what you just said, it's like it's being open to what God is doing and saying that you know. Also, in, in a multi-generational church, intergenerations, things happening, like mm-hmm. what's going to work with one segment of our church, you know, age-wise, is it going to work with this group? And you have to be the one who is wise and mm-hmm. leading that along with your discipleship. Like this group is going to do the Charleston at their fellowship, and then this group <laughs> is going to do the gritty, right? Yeah, gritty. That's right. Uh, this group is going to hate the Super Bowl halftime. Yeah, yeah, that's right. This, this group's going to love it. Yeah, and this yeah. group's going to say, who are they? You know? Yeah, yeah. That's just in his house. <laughs> right. Hey, don't be talking about Dana right now. Yeah, well, you know, as I kind of, and I, I want to wrap this up by, I, I'd like to just, because Justin did this last week. So if you were to tell someone who says, well, I want to be a part of the solution. I want to be a part of disciple making. I'd like to hear a couple of takeaways. Like, all right, do this, do this, do this. But before I say that, you know, what's interesting is the book of Acts is the acts some people have called it the acts of the apostles incorrectly it's the acts of the holy spirit through the apostles and over and over again it talks about how the word multiplied and the the church grew multiple times in dysfunction the whole point is that yeah. the holy spirit is at work in the people of god in the midst of the dysfunction in the midst of the persecution right. to advance the kingdom of God. And so I feel like so many times we're focused on well how our church isn't doing it right or how our culture isn't receptive and it's like but the Holy Spirit yeah. will come upon you mm-hmm. and give you power to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then Acts testifies about how that happens. And yeah. so to me, like my big takeaway before he gives actual tangible things you could do is like just truly desire the kingdom of God and submit yourself to the kingdom of God and watch the Holy Spirit work. Yeah, that's so good. We're so in need of him and his leadership and to see throughout history, just his faithfulness to work in imperfect people. And we're right there in the mix of it. Uh, tangible things, I would say first and foremost, like if you want to be a disciple maker, we were all called to make disciples and it starts with our own personal walk mm. that we would allow the Lord to disciple us, to change us, that we would learn from him so that we're in his word daily. Maybe you haven't been doing that. I encourage you. The Bible reading plan is a great way to start. Um, but also, if you're not already connected to a life group, get plugged into a life group. Have community that's going to hold you accountable and walk alongside of you. Um, and I can guarantee you that in all of our life groups, we have people that are faithful to being in the word and that would love to walk alongside of people that maybe have never had a consistent time in the word and, and not to let it bog you down. Like uh, I'm thankful for this reading plan. That's five chapters a week. So there's flexibility. Um, but man, we just, we want you in the word and not to leave God's word without hearing from him because he mm-hmm. does speak to us through his word. So we'd be foolish not to, um, to wait, to hear something that we can apply or a, a promise we can memorize, memorize or to be challenged. And, uh, but also, yeah, plugging in into a life group. Um, but, it's very clear in scripture that it's important to have three types of people in our lives, to have a Paul, someone who's mentoring us, who's discipling us, pouring into us, to have 
a Timothy, someone we're pouring into, but then also a Barnabas, someone who's encouraging us. We mm-hmm. need those three relationships and it may be multiple different people, um, but it's so important as we are walking with the Lord that we have people that we're able to have those conversations with and just to be real with who see us. Um, and so I would just encourage you uh, to pray and to ask the Lord to show you those people, because I can guarantee you that if he, they, those people are not already in your lives, that he would that he wants to answer that prayer that you would That's have right. those good. people in your life. And so that that is discipleship. And, you know, it you can have this huge program and this huge like here are the, the things that we need to do. Uh, but, man, if we're, we're just being obedient to the Lord and we're asking him to use us and we're allowing him to work in us, um, there's nothing that brings the Lord greater delight than that. They're just our simple obedience of wanting to be used and wanting to join him in what he's mm-hmm. doing um, and to pour into the lives of other people. Mm-hmm. So if I start calling you guys my Barneys, do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, the purple dinosaur. I wasn't no. thinking. <laughs> I know you were saying, I I see, Barnabas, I he see went you, Barney, there. you can be a Barney. You can be a Barney. Could have been another career for you. That's right. You know, You're a little tall for uh, the costume, but I do parties guys. <laughs> Birthday parties. <laughs> yeah, that that contemporary music sure that's is a party. Right. <laughs> anyway, right. sorry. All right, that's last week. Yeah, yeah that's right. All right, sweet. Well, man, we love you. We're thankful yeah, you that you would too. take the time to yes, thank you. Uh, hang out with us. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. Uh, that's the end. No, but, but <laughs> so to wrap up, you know, if you've got questions about discipleship, uh, Michael would be happy to, to reach or for you to reach out to him. Michael at churchonbayshore.org. You can ask questions. If you're not connecting a group. Do that. And if you're interested in uh, even the conversation of, hey, God might be calling me to take a, a bigger role in mm-hmm. discipleship, yeah. maybe leading a group or helping co-lead a group. I don't know. All the things that are needed. Uh, there's lots of need. Uh, and so uh, we have a we do have a process that's and that process is also kind of in process. We're constantly reevaluating a process for group leaders mm-hmm. uh, to go through, to be trained, to be equipped, uh, to lead a group. So, hey, if you want to start that, like. Yes, do it. So uh, reach out. Reach out. Uh, yeah, so uh, join and us. And if your uh, church doesn't have one, seriously, we'd be happy to help yeah. whatever you know, heart, little yeah. we know to help your church. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. Definitely reach out. Yeah. So next week, uh, we continue the conversation with the series that will not be new next week. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. After <laughs> and we'll be two talking about the next Discipleship it. Essential with another wonderful guest that you'll see and hear next week. We're not going to tell you who because that ruins the mystery. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.